Hello on this beautiful November 14th. Welcome back to Believe in Arizona State, our weekly podcast where we talk about all things Arizona State football. I am your co-host, David Coleman. I am with my got to be lamenting a little bit this week, co-hosts, former All-American, former All-Pro, David Fulcher. David, how are you? I'm good, my friend. Um, I know it's a it's always tough to swallow, man, after a loss, but uh, we are here and uh, let's get it rolling. I keep thinking of the future when they're 9-0 and or 10-0 and coming into this podcast and you and I are beaming and we have these incredible things to talk about. And I figure if we can do a pretty good podcast right now, we can do a great one in the future. And I was really hoping, you know, I, I visit colleges for a living and it was parents weekend and family weekend at Wazoo this weekend at Washington State. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice if we go in there and ruin that celebration? But the game did not start off in a fashion, uh, David, that, that allowed us to stay in the game much longer. It's, it was a tale of two games. And we'll talk about that. But they lost the first half badly, and they won the second half. But they didn't win the second half by enough points to win the game. But I know that you've watched the game now by now, and uh, that it started off pretty rough for us. Yeah, you know, it, it was, you know, the, the, the weather was, it was a little chilly up there. Pullman always brings out some cold weather around that November, December time. Um, does that have an effect on a warm weather team? It could, because I saw a few players dressed up like they were in Alaska. Uh, <laughs> when you're coming from Arizona. So, yeah, I, I do think that. But it's still football. You still got to play, make plays, do the things that are necessary. And they couldn't find themselves at all in that first half. And when you're down uh, on a road like that, it makes it tough. Yeah. The one play, I was watching the beginning there, and, you know, there was back and forth a little bit on their first couple of drives, and uh, Trent Borgay went back, and he got blindsided from behind. He didn't see it coming, and he got hit somewhere around, I want to say the 27-yard line, Yeah. and Galen Conyers, luckily for us, was able to secure the ball around the one-yard line. He got knocked into the end zone, but they brought it back out and you know, put it down at the at the one where it should have been rightfully because it wasn't his own momentum. It was they, they took him in. We had a punt from deep. And then I watched Trenton get up and he was quite wobbly going out of there. And from there, it's almost like in these games, sometimes it's the first one to hit the other one in the mouth. It flips the field. We punt from there. He fields it on the 45. He runs it to about the 37. Their first, and you always talk, their first and short field to go and they scored. Think about this, and, and how many times have I said this? The two most possessions in football is the very first one on the kickoff, and who gets the ball first, and then the opening kickoff in the second half. That those two possessions are very important. And in this game, it showed. It showed exactly what happens if you don't put the football in the end zone on your first possession. Now you find yourself behind the chains behind the sticks, behind the score, and you're digging yourself out of a hole. And what you want to do in college, just like in, in maybe professionals, is you want to take the crowd out of it. You want to take people out of it. I know college football is a little bit, little bit different than professional football because college students are going to be yelling and screaming no matter what the score is. But if you don't protect the football, if you don't take care of business when you first get the football, you want to put the pressure on the other team, not yourself. And Arizona State found themselves, or our Sun Devils found themselves um, fighting out of a hole throughout the football game. And when he got hit, uh, that ball came out, uh, it kind of changed the, the 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 momentum and the outcome of this football team early. 
It did. And you could almost see the defense say, oh, if we can get to him that easily, this is going to be a long day. And the energy of that defense, which I wrote, I wrote a couple of things down here. They are the top scoring defense in the Pac-12, allowing only 20 points a game, and they are 15th in the nation. That defense that we just played, and what do you always say? Try to keep it to 17, 17 to 21. You keep them to 17 to 21, you're going to win a football game, and look what we scored. So yeah, we, we score 18, and we scored a lot of that in the second half. Yes. Where Washington State scored enough on offense to hold on for a win. So if you got the number one defense, scoring defense, or rushing defense, or a defense that's in the top 10 in the nation, you got a chance to be a pretty good football team. Now, Washington State's record at six and four doesn't show exactly how really good this football team is because they were pretty good last year. They didn't lose a lot of players, but yet they played well enough to win the game. And we kind of played well enough to keep it close, but not enough to win the game. I agree. You led me right into what I was going to say next is like I told you to say it, but the more that we do these and the more that we're watching, we're going over the last game and we're looking at the next game that we're going to play. And we're watching people. It's really interesting to watch players. The cream rises and, and you'll see on every game you'll go, there's a young man that's probably going to be playing at the next level. That game this week was the Kia Watson. Yes. He literally, he was literally, uh, he had 20 carries for 116 against us. He had two catches for 42. We're looking at 158 yards in total offense. Uh, he was knocked down on the one, or I think he'd have had another score. It's, there's just certain players that you can, that was one of those. If you'd have told me, oh, Nakia Watson plays for UCLA. Nikia Watson plays for USC. He got recruited out of LA immediately because of you. I was wonder if he's from LA and got looked over and look what he's doing. Yeah. Let me tell you, he, um, you know, they, they only had 137 yards rushing and of the 137, 116 of it was his. Right. But then we have that same player on our team, the X factor. He had 21 carries. I told you 21 to 30 carries. This kid should touch the football. Because he puts 21 carries up, 134 yards. He had a long of 27, uh, a touchdown, and he averaged 6.4 yards per carry. Dave, that sounds like a winning combination. A winning formula. Is over. It's a right. winning formula, but when your running back can rush for 20 to 30 times, over 100 yards rushing, and we did that. But the problem was is that we couldn't stop theirs from doing what they did. And that's why, you know, Washington State – at six and four, they're bowl eligible now. And uh, it makes it tough, man, especially when you got to go on the road and play at a place when it's cold. And I'm telling you, Dave, they're cold weather, cold weather teams to me could play anywhere. But warm weather teams, you get them out there where it's cold, they don't want to come out of the locker room because it's too cold. Not used to that. You leave in Arizona, 75, 80 degrees, and you go into Pullman, where it's 30, 35 degrees. And it was, and it kind of showed early in the game. But then, like I said, they came out the second half and they had more fight in the second half than they did the first half. And uh, the game looked respectable when the score was 28-18 at the final. Tell you what I loved. I, I'm looking for positives. We got a couple games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. couple. After this weekend, I think you and I will both agree that we have a very, very difficult Oregon State team coming yes. into play. And then we have to go play that team of which I will only let you mention, but uh, – that other school in Arizona somewhere. That other school in Arizona that we yeah. have to play here coming up who pulled a stunner this yeah. week. Yeah. UCLA. Yeah. UCLA. That doesn't necessarily bode well for 
optimism and confidence going into that yes. game. What I liked, the players you expected to step up did never quit until the final play of the game. You saw X giving it all out there. And again, we, we ended up with only 121 yards rushing because we had 35 yards in sacks. Yeah. They had 10. I think uh, Emory had 25 or maybe vice versa. Can't remember which one it was. We had 35 yards in sacks. Valde never, and got to put in some tough runs. Badger was there. He Badger was open for a two point conversion and Emory just couldn't get him the ball. You know, Badger scores a late touchdown there. I guess they call it a consolation touchdown because we couldn't put together enough to keep the game going. The guys never gave up. And it was it was 28. I, I texted you at one point. I said, David, it's 28 nothing. You texted me back. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, then, but, you know, and I, here's something too, though, Dave, that I, I, I noticed. When I, we talk about the X factor, right? Right. Of the 300 and, oh, 30-something yards total offense that they had, the X factor had 180 of those himself 134 yards rushing 55 yards passing i mean i'm sorry i'm receiving you know once again do i want to see one player win the game because there's 11 guys out there no but they, they, they've got to find other resources out there on that offense to get it done throughout the season they've had guys badgers had some catches um, some of the other guys, Conyers, and, and players have done some things. But late in the, in the year, you're, you're relying on one guy uh, to win football games, and that's running and catching. And that, that, that's telling me on the defensive side of the ball that they're shutting down the other players. But these guys, and you said it, the, the players that we named, the guys that we're expecting to, to make it happen are making it happen, but they need more. They need more on offense. I agree. Generate the win football games. We have Badger out there. We have Sanders out there and, and Conyers. I, I want to ask you this from an X's no standpoint. I'm going to ask you to go back into playing and coaching both. Here's Conyers again, beautiful rough and tumble. He turned a short pass into a 47 yard touchdown because nobody was going to bring him down. Excuse me. He wasn't going to be denied. How do we work that young man more into the offense? How do we get Sanders a little more with Badger getting him open? We, we've both seen yards after catch what Badger's like. I don't want to try and tackle the guy anytime soon. Uh, he's a lot like Valde, but he's a wide receiver. How do you, as a team, work those players in so it's not just the X show? Well, you know, you, you start looking at game film, and you're, you're planning to play against Oregon State this weekend. So what does Oregon State give up on defense that we can utilize and we can tap into? If Oregon State comes to the line of scrimmage and puts seven or eight guys at the line of scrimmage, running the football is going to be difficult because they're going to have maybe one more man than we would have to block them. But now that means white receivers have to get open. Conyers, all these guys, Badger, guys that could catch the football, Sanders, all these players, the X Factor even coming out the backfield. They have got to get open so that we can make plays down the field. Because that's what you're doing when you're game plan, Dave. Game planning is not just going in there and calling a play. What is how successful was the team that Oregon State played last week on first down? What did they run on first down? What did they run on second and long or second and short? Third and long, third and short. Right. Offensive coordinators have a script. They got the first 10 plays that they want to run in the game that they're thinking first 10 plays. 
those first 10 plays could be uh, interrupted really quick if you had, you know, a passing play, uh, a running play on second and short, and it's now second and 13. Now you got to go to another play, maybe the fifth play that you had, because you got to get those yardage back. So when you start talking about how do we get all these players in, we have to figure out exactly, can Oregon State cover a tight end? Has the tight end been beating Oregon State? Is, is a screen pass been beating Oregon State? You know, these are things that you look at when you watch film and say, hey, listen, the screen pass can work against them. You know, it's great points you just brought up. And my answer to hope, I hope the answer is no, they can't, because I'd sure like to see Conyers and Swinson be getting the ball. And if they can't handle a screen pass, then Ngata and the X Factor are going to eat them alive there. If they can't maintain a mobile quarterback, we have Emory, and that's going to be difficult. Uh, some of the stats from this weekend, David, we, we kind of look at this usually. It doesn't show the score of the game. It doesn't show at one point a 28 nothing. 18 first downs apiece, third down efficiency. We were three for 14. They were five for 14, not necessarily different. One thing that we've been good at the last couple games, I don't know if you want to be good at this, but we are. We were two for three on fourth down. I think we were four for five a couple of weeks ago. We're doing pretty well on fourth downs. They were one for three. Again, total yards fairly close, 333 for us, 356 for them. We talked about 212 passing for us, 219 for them, 121 rushing for us, 137. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, fifth game in a row, we had a blocked kick. We blocked an extra point. Now, unfortunately, we come right back and give them a two-point conversion. Yeah. So that 28, you look at 28 nothing, and almost every football fan goes, oh, they have four touchdowns and four extra points. No. They had four touchdowns, three extra points, and a two-point conversion. Time of possession, 33-13 for us, 26-47 for them. You'd normally say, oh, is it quick strike? I don't think so. I think it was giving them a short field. So it, you look at these stats, David, and it wasn't – I don't see us being down 28 nothing at one point, but we were. But that's football. And it is. It, it's it's demoralizing because when I look at these stats, I'm, I'm looking at a – if, if I had to say a score, you know, 28-24, 28-27, 21-18, everything looks really, really close. Somewhere in there. Yeah, everything looks really close. Once again, Dave, it, it's, you know, turnovers. We threw an interception. You know, we had a we had an interception. That was it. The, the turnover ratio, you got to win the turnover battle. Washington State won the turnover battle. Time of possession, we won that. Um, what hurt us too, you know, we had six penalties for 45 yards. They had four for 30, you know, those penalties. And then where did it come? One of those penalties come up. Did it come up on a play that we made a play and then had to bring it back? Or was it something that was, you know, put us in long, long opportunities on offense. And did all those penalties come from the offensive side or the defensive side? One of I theirs, I that, know, kept watching out of the, out of, uh, he, he scored. And yeah. there was a block at the back that brought it back out to the, now they subsequently scored again. And those are tough, man. Those are tough. I mean, you you penalties hurt teams at certain times of possessions in the time of the game. That's why when you try to look at some of those teams who are nationally ranked, who are winning national championships, the teams who are winning Super Bowls, they don't have a whole lot of penalties happening on their side of the ball. Um, and if you can con continue to play football without being penalized, you got a chance to win. But I do think this is important too, man. Is that when you get into the red zone, the red zone, we call the red zone inside the 20. When you get inside the 20, you got to get touchdowns, not field goals. 
Okay. And when you don't do that, I mean, I can once again, Washington State doesn't get didn't give up a lot of touchdowns. They may give up field goals. They're, they're probably pretty good in, in scoring because when they get inside the red zone, people can't get in the end zone. And that makes it tough. And if you're a struggling offense, like we were struggling on that day in the first half, if we played a, fir- a, a first half like we did the second half, we, we could probably walk away winning this football game. But it's you, you can't start in the second half. You got to start with that first possession during the game when a kickoff or kickoff return to prove a point that you belong on this field with them. And we didn't do that early in the game. And if I said you top red zone scoring offense in the Pac-12, I don't think the words Washington State would have come out of your mouth. I think yeah. you probably said UCLA. You might have mm-hmm. said USC. You might have said who knows who you might have said. I don't think you would have said Washington State. And if I if I'd have said who's the toughest defense in the red zone, you maybe you would have, but I don't know. So to have them be the top scoring in that area, the top defense in that area, bottom line, you got to bring your A game from the second the game starts. You can't give them short fields. And you can't miss your opportunities when you're there. And you know we did we did hold them once. They, we actually had a turnover on downs. They were on the seven. They went for fourth and goal from the seven, and we were able to block it block it away. But uh, they don't give up, and they try very hard in there. And twenty eight's a lot of points, David. You, you're the you're the player. You're the ex pro, and you're the ex all American. Were you in many games where you came back from twenty eight to uh, either tie it or walk away with it? You know, I, I I don't remember, but I will tell you that few and far between because 28 points, unless you got an offense that's scoring a whole lot of points, uh, you're not going to win a lot of games giving up 28 points. You're not. I mean, it, it's hard, man. I mean, you know, it, even NFL teams, you know, when I, when I played in the NFL, one of our goals was 17 points or less. And we said that if we could give up 17 with an offense that's averaging 25 points a game, right? 17 points, 20 points, we could still win the game. But when you're playing against a team like Washington State at home with a dominating defense that they have, you got to hope that your defense can match what they do because you give up 28 and your offense only scores 18. That's why you come away with a loss. You've talked many times on these podcasts about counterpunching. You've you've likened football to boxing, and uh, we didn't counterpunch. No, you can't, you can't get down. You can't get down fourteen. You can't get down twenty-eight, and think that you're gonna because they're gonna do something. You're not gonna stop them from moving the ball at home, family weekend, parents. We, you're not gonna stop them, and and that's a difficult thing. So, well, let's let's put them to bed for a second. Let me switch over here before uh, we move on, but. Uh, we're, we're playing Oregon State. You've played there. I've spoken there multiple times. I've been to Corvallis probably 40 times in my life. And uh, here's their last couple games. Uh, we're going to go back for five games. Oregon State 28, Stanford 27 at Stanford. We were in a one-point game. We were the other way. They went their way. Uh, Oregon State 24, Washington State 10 at home, the team that just beat us. Oregon State 42, Colorado 9. Oregon State 21, Washington 24 on a late win at home for Washington. And then they pummeled California this week, 38 to 10. They've won four of five, almost five of five, very close loss to Washington. And they're coming in to play us in Tempe. Give me the script. How do, how do we how do we pull this one off? Wow, Dave, you know, it's tough because I remember Oregon State when I was there, they were our punching back. 
they were our tune-up game for everybody else because they weren't that good. Um, but that program has turned it around uh, the last five to six years, and they're playing some sound football. You know, four out of five, Dave, I'll take that any day. And the one game that you did lose was late second field goal or pretty close to giving up the game. So you were in all five of those games. So they're not going to come in here and just lay down and lay over because it's Arizona State. You know, right. I'm, I'm going to be down there, Dave, uh, because it's homecoming weekend. Oh. I'm going to try to do some uh, maybe some some live stuff and, and, and bring it to our podcast if I can. But let me tell you something, man. When you play in your conference and you got a team at home, you throw the records out. You right. throw the records out. You just got to go play football because this is a Pac-12 conference game. It's going to be a 12-30 game. They moved it from 7-30 to 12-30. So oh, wow. That's it's going to be nice and sunny for this football game. Um, right. And we're talking – uh, the 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 homecoming game. We also talking about the the two Fiesta Bowl teams are be uh, being honored, our seventy two and eighty two Fiesta Bowl teams. Um, so there's going to be a lot of people there doing a lot of stuff, rooting this football team on. So, you know, once again, Oregon State's put their helmets on just like we put ours on. Sure, we have to make plays when we have an opportunity to make a play. We got to make it. One thing I don't want to get into, Dave, is the the, 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 the battle of third down possession. Three out of 14 against Washington State is not good. And then having to go forward on fourth down and two and three, yeah, but if you can take care of the ball, you don't need to go fourth down. But you can't go three and 14 on third downs against a team like Oregon State because they will wallop you. They're going to fight you. They're going to punch you. And you have to go out there and play sound football. And we've kind of – I won't say we haven't played sound football, but we're we're not playing four-quarter football. And when you don't play four-quarter football, in between those quarters that you're not playing, if you're giving up points, you're going to find yourself on the short end of the stick. They've beaten a couple teams who have beaten us. They beat one at home. They beat one at their place. you got to be ready for that. They've just, over the years, I always, Oregon State, the word I would come, they're, they're tough and they're scrappy. There's no quit. They'll keep coming at you. They don't seem to care where they're playing, when they're playing, from the moment it starts till the moment they hear the final gun, they give it all they got. Yeah. So we have to be ready. To, is there any chance that there's going to be a David Fulcher pregame chit-chat in the locker room with that team or, or any chance you're going to see them before? Do you have any idea? Well, I'm not sure. I know that um, they're going to have us on the sideline doing pregame warm-up because um, we normally do that when they have any events out there because I, I went to last year's homecoming when they beat Oregon and Oregon was ranked six and they beat them that, that Saturday night. Uh, it was crazy. That was probably the most electrifying game that I've been in that stadium in a long time. Um, but this one's at 1230. Um, there's going to be a bunch of, uh, like I say, former players from the 72 team and 82 team on that sideline. I, I, I would love to be able to give them a pep talk. Um, but, you know, once again, it, it, it's, it's four quarters of football. It's their 11 versus our 11. And we have to beat the guy in front of us in order for us to win this football game and keep the turnovers a bad, keep them away and just go out and play smash mouth football. You know, they're going to hit you. You got to hit them back. And if you're not ready, then you shouldn't be out on the field. You've changed my perspective on how I watch football. You know that you've made me a student of the game and I realize we're not going to a bowl game. So if I'm any of those players, I know I've got two games left 
to make my mark on this season. I have two games left to impress a scout. I've got two games left to make myself feel better about the season that I've just put in. So I believe we're going to see some, and we didn't this weekend, great efforts this weekend. They, they didn't give up. I told you X was, there was a one play out. You, you sent me a text and showed me where he, he just didn't give up at 25 yards down the field. He still got people on him and Badgers carrying people in Conyers, people falling off him. Like, he, you know, just like he's a brick house till he gets to the end zone, securing the ball with both hands. We're going to see their best effort. They know they've got two games left. They know they've got two tough teams. And if I know anything about you, you're always talking about you want to see them play the game like like you did and like your team did. We're going to see their toughest effort. Yeah, you know, they, they're going to. They're they, let me tell you, man. I, I I think it's tough, man, when you're you're four and six, three and seventeen. Things aren't we're three going and the seven. Way. They're seven and three. So we're three and seventeen. We're not happy. Things aren't going the way they're supposed to. You know, we're not supposed to even be on the field with them. They're going to be favored by probably double digits to beat us. You know, and 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 I tell you what, I, I get pumped up when somebody says I can't. I'm I'm fired up. I'm fired up for Arizona State to beat Oregon State. I, I think it's important that Arizona State just go out there and play their game. Don't go out there and play Oregon State's game. If Oregon State wants to have a track meet, then fine. Let them get on the track and run and run all the way around the track. But on the football field, you slow them down. You slow them down. You make them play your style of football. And if your style of football is slowing it down, watching the clock run down. I was watching a uh, Ohio State and uh, Northwestern game um, before ASU had their game. And Northwestern was snapping the football with two seconds left on the 25-second clock. Every single play. Every play. And I looked at the score, and it was 14-7. to And I'm going, boy, Northwestern must be playing some pretty good football against Ohio State. Well, no, it wasn't that. It was time of possession. They did not want Ohio State's offense on the field. So guess what, guys? It might be a possibility if you want to slow a team down, keep their offense off the field. And when you do that, Dave, you control the game. But we've got to get those five, six, seven yards on first down to make it second and short. That way you can do whatever you want to do when that playbook is called. I hear you. The goal goal is for third and two. That's it. Third and two, man. David, I don't want to ask you a question kind of out of nowhere. Uh, Trenton was a starter, didn't finish. Emory came in. In fact, Emory had a, a pretty much larger stat line than Trenton. Was that related to that early hit, that blindside hit that he took? I mean, he looked awfully wobbly. I think I have, so. I think so. So any clue or if you had a choice this weekend, who starts? Well, you know, once again, if uh, – if, if, is it Borgay? If he – is healthy enough to play. He's my starting quarterback. He's my, he's my quarterback this week. You don't lose your position because of an injury. You lose your position because you're not playing well. And we, we want, we want the best player on the field to win the game. So we know Emory can play. He didn't transfer from Florida to come here to sit there and watch, but he hasn't had any success in the last couple of weeks. So that's why they put in Borgay to to, to be the quarterback. But if, if he is healthy, Come Saturday, he's back on the football field. There's no doubt. There's no way you would take him out of the game based off of him being injured. He's only out of the game because he did get hurt. And if he's not ready to play, then you go to your backup. I know, I know you're heading to Tempe on Wednesday, you and Judy. And I, I'm i going to ask both of you to carry extra battery packs, especially Judy. She, 
We all know that Judy's the one that keeps you on the straight and narrow. Yes, every single yes he day. does. Yes, he does. There would be no David Fulcher success. No, there wouldn't be, man. There's no question. So a lot of video this week. One of you should have that phone out constantly because you're going to see two former teams worth of Fiesta Bowl players. You're going to be down there with the best talent they have right now. It's an alumni weekend. It's going to be just a, a fest to be held. And what I hope you come back with for our next podcast, not only just having been there, is maybe some thoughts on how people see the future. What is the future of ASU football? What does it look like? How do they move forward from here? Uh, we all have to be proud of these kids. They never gave up. They've been they've been pretty much in every game they play. Uh, but we also know that this can't be the future. This isn't the program. It's, it's painful for me to be on some of these sometimes because I know how you are. I know you never give up and how you feel. And you come on, you do your best. But I know that you want to see a future where they are vying not only to be bowl eligible, but for a major spot in that countdown to see who plays those last couple games. Well, you know, David, it's, you, you start the season trying to figure out where you belong in the Pac-12. You see the beat writers. You see the, the Pac-12 uh, conference luncheon on who's going to be who, who, who they pick to win the conference who they picked to take last in the conference. You know, and Arizona State was towards the bottom of the pack at the beginning um, of what they were picking. And here we are towards the bottom of the pack. Um, but nobody likes that feeling. And I, I told you, man, I, I like to be the underdog. I like to be the guy that everybody said, oh, he, it ain't going to happen. They're not going to win. And then instead of, you know, cursing somebody out or using bad language or getting upset. You beat them by knocking them off and using your shoulder pads and helmets. And once it's over with, then let the final score tell exactly what happened. So I think it's going to be really, really nice for us this weekend because yeah, we're bringing back the 72, the 82 Fiesta Bowl team. Um, and a lot of these kids have played on, played on Arizona state team. Well, you know, if you're a senior, you know, you may have only played in one bowl game. Last year, they played in the Vegas Bowl against Wisconsin. You know, you, some some kids probably will never play in a bowl game. Um, and so this bitter taste as freshmen, I say to myself, I don't want to feel like this no more. This is it for me. I, I don't I don't want this to happen. And if I would got a chance to talk to a player on the sideline, I just I would say this to them. Hey, do you know how you, you remember how you felt last week? Remember how you did what you did last week? Remember when you walked off that field and you went in the locker room and you were so upset by it? it? Wasn't a good feeling, was it? Then you can change that feeling. And if you could change that feeling, you'd be the guy that steps up. Now, not too many people are rah-rah guys. They don't talk and do a lot of talking. Some guys are quiet. Some are quiet assassins. Don't say nothing, but will knock you out. Well, Maybe you might need to be a little bit vocal and let your teammates know that, hey, listen, man, we got we 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 we're in this. This is business. Nothing personal. This is business, and we got to go out and take care of our business. So if I'm a Sun Devil uh, that's playing Saturday against Oregon State, Oregon State better watch out because I did not like that feeling I had against Washington State. I know. Last thing I want to say to you before you close us up or before we put you in a plane and head out there is if you end up, and I, I don't know what the rules are these days, and I don't really care what the rules are these days, but if you end up anywhere near the recruits that are going to be at this game, and I can't imagine them not having this a game. Yeah, I, think so. game. I think they'll have some there. Yes. Stadium, it's going to be there celebrating. i got to believe they're going to have a nice amount of recruits and some of their quality guys there. If you get within five feet of those people, you and Derek Clack said 
David, how would you feel if I came in, either one of us came in to recruit your son to Arizona State? Don't lose any of them. If we're going to turn this thing around, it starts tomorrow. And if if you get a chance to keep any of them right there at home, do it. Well, I, I will tell you, I, if I get a chance and I see a recruit on the sideline, listen, man, you, you, you're needed here. You're wanted here. You didn't come here just to watch a football game and go back home. You came here because we see you as part of the Sun Devil family. And you know what? You're going to have the chance, whether it's next year or the year after, to play against these Oregon State Beavers, and you can put your stamp on this game. Oh, and what number do you say you like wearing? If that's the number that's out there and that guy is gone, that number is available. Now you get a chance to come out here and shine. So recruiting-wise, this is your opportunity to see exactly what you would look like in a Sun Devil uniform against these Oregon State Beavers. David, is number seven still available, or has that been retired by the school? Well, you know, it's funny because when when I got my name uh, up in the, the Hall of Fame, uh, up in the stadium, they told me that my number was retiring as well. But I still see a number seven out there running around on the field. So maybe they did not retire my number. Maybe they put my name up in the rafters with the number that I wore. Maybe I misheard that, but I could have swore I thought I heard they were going to retire the number. That's kind of tough, man. Retiring numbers, and especially that number. Number seven, that's a uh, that's a prime time number to be wearing and for them to retire it. And if somebody was wearing number 65, you can retire number 65. But <laughs> number seven, you can't retire that number, man, because you want to see that person flying around the football field. Because yeah. most people that wear number seven or a single-digit number, is a is a pretty skilled position player, wide receiver, running back, DB, and uh, you you, you want to see that number flying around. But so I, I do see it on the field, Dave, and it's okay. Um, I don't really care if they retire or not retired. I was just fortunate that they put my name up in the stadium with the number seven that I wore instead of number eighty four when I first got there. My last comment to you, David, is this: I'd let the number not be retired. I'd make sure a player who plays and has the mentality that you had and i'd say uh make me proud of that number give them one more little thing to look forward to every time they take the field and uh, those of us that followed your career with the Bengals, i didn't have a chance to follow your career to be very honest when you were with asu but i did follow your career again you're one of my favorite players and many of the people as we do more things here in cincinnati it's fairly obvious that you're one of the more favorite you and munoz and a couple of others are the more favorite Bengals out there Maybe some young man will see that he's wearing your number, know the story behind your number, and live up to that number. Well, you know what I'm going to do now, Dave? I'm going to search this number seven out if I'm on the sideline <laughs> and just come up, see, can I get a, a quick picture of him and say, hey, man, wear that number proud because that's the number I wore here. So you do it right, you would be good to go. And then tell him if he makes a mistake, make it fast. That's it. If you make a mistake, man, that, that that's something, Dave, I have always <laughs> had in my mindset, man. Nobody, the people out there really don't know what you're doing. They only see what you're doing. And if they see you doing it fast, they don't know that you were lined up on the wrong side. They don't know that you were done doing something you weren't supposed to. Only the coaches and the other players know that. But if you're doing it fast, all they're going to say is, wow, number seven really made a big shot there, but he was lined up on the wrong side. But he made a great play. All good. All good, my friend. David, as we close this up, the last game, the only one we have left to talk about, uh, is going to be that other team that shares the state with you who pulled off a major 
A major, major upset. Major upset at UCLA. You and I just both went, huh? And uh, do you want to let people know who will be our next guest? Yeah, so um, the next guest for the uh, that school in, in Tucson um, is a former Wildcat. Uh, David Adams played running back for uh, University of Arizona, and he was there. And I'm pretty sure, David, when he gets on here, it's David, David, and David. Oh, boy. When David Adams gets on here, he's going to talk David about the, he's going to talk about the four years that I played against him. And I never beat that school in Arizona. Yeah, boy. I never beat them. We had the better talent. We had the better teams. But on that day, the better team happened to be U of A. And I hate to really say that loudly on our podcast, but it's all good. So because I know once we take care of our business against Oregon State, that we're going to keep that territorial cup back in Tempe and not let it go back to Tucson. The duel is David over this winter. We, we're going to look at next year's once we know the next year's schedule for the for the Arizona State football team. We're going to start looking at who our guests will be, and we're gonna we're gonna reverse engineer your career, go figure out who you beat, and then find people for them to bring in. And instead there of the, instead of having who beat you, we're gonna <laughs> like flip that. that ship. Okay, I like That'll, that. That's this winter's uh, mission for the both. That would be that would be awesome, brother. So when I get down to uh, down to Tempe, man, for the Oregon State game, man, definitely take some pictures. See if I can talk to a few people, man, some old guys and some new guys and uh, get them on our podcast, man, so we can talk a little bit about uh, how successful that the Arizona State football program has been in the past and what's what's looking forward to in the future. All right, my friend. Talk to you, man. Absolutely. Good see luck out there. Yeah. Enjoy your trip. All right, brother. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.